Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast. And we have an incredible lineup coming up here. We have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division Three coaches, some great high school fo- football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. Um, so please contribute to the show as much as you can. I also want to talk to you a little bit about our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football. And this is really for you to uh, be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan. It's something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar, and full contact, and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model, at usafootball.com backslash fdm.usafootball.com. On today's podcast, we definitely have a first in that we have identical twin college coaches talking to us. Uh, One of them, Woody Blevins, right now is the defensive coordinator at Division II Assumption in Massachusetts. And the other buddy is the offensive coordinator at University of Western New Mexico in also a Division II school. So, buddy, Woody, I'm going to apologize because not only do you guys look the same, but you sound the same, so I'm going to try to make make sure this is not confusing. But you know, first of all, welcome both of you back to the podcast. Second second time for both of you, first time together. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I'm excited to be back on. All right, so I'm just going to direct questions to to one of you, and and you know, after after he answers, the other one certainly can add on to that. And you know, it's it's really going to be about this shared experience and and how this has worked for you guys you know, growing up through the coaching profession together. And so let's go back to your your days in starting and playing football, Woody, and talk to me about what it was like to, you know, have have an identical twin and, and just both from the competition side of what's going on in the field as well as, you know, having having your brother out there and maybe at times having his back as well. Oh, man. I don't. I can't. I don't know that I have a really great answer for you. I, I will say this though: we definitely did have each other's back, you know, the entire time. But it was also, I'll, I'll say this: there was a ridiculous amount of competition between the two of us. I think that's what ended up making us better players, and uh, we, we achieved much higher than our athletic ability would lead you to believe. And I, I truly believe it's just because the two of us were constantly, constantly trying to kind of one-up each other 
are trying to beat each other or, you know, you're running sprints, you're always checking where the, the other one is. You know, if one wants to go throw passes, you know, the other one has to do it or they know that they've got to step up <laughs> on each other. But, like, there's just no way around it. And even though we had each other's backs, we all, it may, a lot of it was because we got to see what the other one put into it. You know, you get to see your teammates and what, what efforts they put into things, but you don't get to see every single effort that they put in. So when one of us was successful, I think it made us even more excited. I mean, I remember my brother's first touchdown in college. I forgot to, uh, I forgot to go out on special teams afterwards because I was so excited. I forgot to go out on uh, kickoff. He scored a touchdown. It was first one. I was so excited. I was so pumped. I, I straight. I it was the only time I ever forgot to go on the field for a special teams play. But I hope that answers your question well. Yeah, no, I think it, it gives us some good insight and just to, again, that idea, as I said, that the competition but having each other's backs. Buddy, your thoughts on that question? Yeah, you know, there's this one specific moment that really comes to mind. And I think it did make us better players, but it also really prepared us as coaches on the mental side of things uh, and uh, strategy-wise, like specifically. I remember this, we were doing this one-on-one. And I knew by his stance, he was going to one step choke me. And what was, was, you know, I knew their techniques because I heard him talk about it all the time. And he had a pretty good idea that I was going to release outside, outside, I think is what it was. And I remembered that like, because I knew what he was about to do, I like dramatically changed my release and I use a seam release, you know, and to try to beat him. And then I remembered when I got to the top of the route, I knew that if I leaned, he knew I was going to break the other way. So I leaned and then gave a head fake the other way. And he, of course, undercut me like I was running a dig and I ran an out wide open. And I was like, I remember after the rest, I was like, what the, what just happened? Like, this is, that's never going to happen in a game. Like I just played, we just played this entire chess match because we knew each other so well. You know what I mean? We thought so many levels ahead and, I was like, at that point, I was like, we, just need, we need to stop going against each other. Like, this is getting ridiculous. This is oh, no way, uh, you know, there's no I way this actually translates to the game. But, uh, <laughs> but it helped us, you know. You know, we are, we're competing at such a high level. But, you know, like, it really helped us think about things when we're going against each other, you know, on the field. So, you know, it was, we definitely had each other's backs. It definitely helped us as players. But I think it also really helped us take a step towards, you know, thinking about the game cerebrally, you know, while still players. Yeah, Woody, I, I hear you had a comment in there for that, that rep. Yeah, I, just, this is for the record, that I remember that distinctly, and that's still a BS. <laughs> or else never going to happen. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree uh, with that. I was like, what? <laughs> I just, I just put like all this thought into this, and this was, this would never be ran in a game, so I would never have to think as far ahead. But, uh, uh, but I won. So we'll put that there. <laughs> right. Well, from there, guys, moving to where you played in the college level, you, you guys were at Drake and Colorado Mesa, and and Buddy, I think you were the first to to make the move to Mesa, and then and then Woody followed along, but. But talk to us about, you know, again, um, just that experience. And I'm, I'm sure for both of you, at some point there, during your, your college playing experience, there was 
maybe that discussion starting about wanting to get into coaching. So talk to us again about the, the playing experience together at the college level, making the move, and then, you know, where this, this started as far, far as, hey, we're going to be coaches. You know, I think that, uh, you know, first of all, you know, making the move to, you know, Mesa, you know, I think it, Drake, was, it's an expensive school. I was really cold, and that only takes you so far, I guess. I mean, I was just ready to, for something different, and uh, I had met a great, a great receiver coach, and I really liked the head coach on one of my visits along with the OC, who we, we both talked to all three of those guys still, and it was a no-brainer when I went out there. It was beautiful. It was warm. You know, it was, uh, it was all around better. And then, you know, I think Woody, you know, decided to, after a while, he was, you know, like, I, I, you know, I need to look elsewhere. And so he came with and, you know, I was like, dude, just come check it out. Like, you're going to love it. And he did. But once we got there, we had, we were really blessed to really come in contact with who was the offensive coordinator at Mesa back then, John Boyer. And he was in Northern Colorado as the OC after that for a long time. He's at Oregon State now as an offensive analyst. And his approach to the game was so detail-oriented. You know, and we both really were endeared with that and really, you know, were like that really about that as players. You know, and on top of that, we had we were blessed to have some great high school coaches that really infused that passion to help kids, especially one named Jameson Allen, you know, who we're, who we're still in touch with to this day. You know, and so it was kind of on track for us. But then actually, you know, we were going to coach anyways, thanks to Coach Allen, you know, instilling that in us. And then, but then once we met Coach Boyer, that level of detail that college provides that we are both hooked, you know. And I, I think that th- this is Woody now. You know, I followed Buddy to Mesa, and I think Buddy hit it, hit it on the head. I think we had a great head coach. Coach Donnie Holmes, who was the receivers coach, we had met previously at a camp, a football camp when we were in high school. We used to go work at it as, as like a counselor, if you will, in college called Stump Mitchell's training camp. And uh, Stump Mitchell is now with the Cleveland Browns as a running backs coach and run game coordinator. But what Stump and Coach Holmes and, and another mentor, Coach Flowers, what they all gave us was specialized knowledge. So, you know, once we started to get towards the ends of our career and we had the, the right mindset from Coach Allen to build better people, and then we meet guys like Coach Boyer who shows us the systematic and detailed version of coaching, and then you have the specialized knowledge from Stump and Coach Flowers and Coach Holmes, guys who are NFL coaches and NFL players, you have the specialized knowledge now that I think it was like really the only path that you could take. We were actually both in the, the secondary education program and we both got our taste of teaching and we were like, you know, I don't think that's the path for us. So we continued and, and pushed on and dropped our secondary ed and both got a history degree and we ended up coaching and Buddy ended up playing after college and uh, the arena leagues and bouncing around the AFL and, you know, what would, is was formerly the AF, uh, you know, Arena Two, and so on, so so forth. But you know, it was really just the coaches along the way that that taught us what it was to develop young men. And we always had this drive. One of our friends told us this, you know, a quote that we live by now. We we call it "lift while you climb." You know, you got to lift while you climb. You got to bring somebody else to the top if you want to get there. And you know that that really took hold in us. And and Coach Boyer and all those other coaches, you know. Uh, led us into you know our profession now.
I love that concept, lift while you climb. Buddy, uh, I think it's worth certainly you adding to that and your thoughts just on that concept of, of lift while you climb. You know, I think especially nowadays, man, I think, you know, in the coaching world, it's so cosmetic now. You know, everyone wants, you know, in the terms of like how they present themselves on social media, they all have their sweet little graphic with their headsets on. And, you know, it's become very like guys self-promoting, you know, and putting that really at the forefront, you know, and quote unquote making connections, you know, and we, we really. We and when it comes to lift while you climb, I and mean, we want to bring people along with us. That's really where the real connection is: is actually helping people, calling to help somebody with a job, or better yet, helping your players become better people so they can help other people. You know what I mean? If they're not aware that they have the power to help other people, you know, be, whether it's via football or whatever, you know, uh, whatever career field they go into, you know, they they will have the ability to help people and. You know, making them aware of that and that to think like that is, I think, very central to being a college coach. I mean, when you're coaching in college, you're really at the the decision point of what type of man these kids are going to decide to be. In high school, you yeah, you help build you know them as people. Like we've definitely had some influential coaches, and like you give them you get ideas. But then in college, you actually have to do it. And those and as a college coach, you kind of swing them that way, or not swing, but you can really help build that platform from the to set their trajectory for the rest of their lives. You know, that's what happened to us in college, you know, very directly with guys like coach Boyer and, and coach Monar head coach and coach Holmes and coach flowers. And, you know, so I think that that's where that really comes into play. We want to help not only the players that we coach, but also the coaches that we're around and that we now as coordinators have to coach, <laughs> you know, that's sort of being coordinator. So we want to be based around that idea. Um, so, well, let's, let's talk about that, that move into coaching. So you're the first one into coaching and again, again, kind of sticking with that, uh, lift while you climb idea. So I'm sure at some point, uh, buddies comparing notes with you and trying to figure out his path into, to coaching. So Woody, how, how did you, I guess, being the first guy in, into coaching, I guess, help buddy along the way as well? Well, I think it was it's sort of I wouldn't say that I helped him or he helped me it's it's a give and take all the time so you know while he was playing arena I actually got on at University of Northern Colorado as a volunteer and we they didn't have GAs back then so they really just had volunteers and that story is a story for its own time um, but to make a long story short I ended up there as a volunteer I coached there in the spring while Buddy was playing arena football. And then after that, after he was done, he was looking to finish his degree. So he actually came out to volunteer at Northern Colorado with us. And at that time, our offensive coordinator from Mesa was the offensive coordinator at Northern Colorado. So Buddy comes along, volunteers. It was actually Buddy, myself, the director of or the assistant director of facilities and his girlfriend all in a, a two bedroom apartment in Greeley, Colorado, trying to live as cheaply as humanly possible and working as much as humanly possible. And buddy thoughts on that from your perspective and you know, what it was like for you then to, to be able to make that move. You know, it definitely made it easier because, you know, I had someone that I obviously knew me inside and out that, you know, understood like what was going to be demanded of us and, 
you know, what to expect. And we both were student assistants at Mesa after we got done playing here and there. So we, we had a little bit of experience with the division one level. It's it different, you know, and at that time, coach Collins had hired a lot of coaches that were from the FBS level. So they were, they were trying to throw some FBS expectations with a staff of 50 people on three volunteers, you know? So really being able to him understanding what they wanted and how to navigate that, you know, was huge, but you know, it's been collaborative, but he's kind of like, we've both kind of taken steps ahead to help each other out. Uh, you know, he was the first one to really become, get to that division one level and then kind of help me along and show me the ropes. And then I was actually the first one of us two to become coordinator. And I was able to, you know, he was calling me when he got to assumption about, well, when you install, what, you know, what, what do you think? And that kind of thing. And so we've just been kind of been able to help each other and seesaw back and forth, you know, and like, like you said, bounce ideas off each other and keep sharing and, and growing. So I have to ask you guys, and, and we didn't mention, but not only are you identical twins, but there's, there's a triplet, a sister, and she's not in coaching, but I guess if she was, then she'd probably have to be the special teams coordinator just so you guys fill out that whole coordinator <laughs> set. But that's right. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, the holidays, everybody's home. Do Buddy and Woody wear everybody out with a football talk at the table and, and ideas going off each other? You know, it just depends. We kind of go to our own little, like our own cocoon, you know, like there's, there's a, a room up in our parents' uh, second floor you know, that has a TV in it, and that's really where we talk our ball. But I will say this, both of our wives are sick and tired of us rewinding TV or a football game so that we can watch <laughs> what coverage or play it was. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. So it usually takes the remote from us when we're watching games over the holidays. I, I, I live in that world as well. <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. And th- this is this is Buddy speaking. Uh but yeah, it's that's the truth. We we kind of just go up there and like they know like we'll just kind of disappear and like all right, don't bother us. Like we got we have football to talk. You know, any, anyone else that comes in will be ignored. So that's we don't really kind of bother them as much. Maybe if we're watching all a game together, like our family's big Oklahoma State fans. So you know when we're watching like maybe the OSU OU game during Thanksgiving, you know that then they'll hear it and be like, ah, oh, I mean this this guard screwed up this pull or. The, you know, and so they're like, okay, we don't care. We don't even know. You know what I mean? They just want to organically watch the game, you know. So, but other than that, not not really, I guess. Yeah, it's it's the eyes of a football coach. I know it's funny. Like, the other day I had a, a friend of mine who he's got a, a tech company in the sports space, and he wanted me to look at his, 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 I guess, demo video, right, to show coaches exactly what his product is and said, hey, could you give me feedback on this? And, like, in the middle of the feedback is, I hate the left tackle's block on that power play. Like, <laughs> that's the stuff, you know, you guys start looking at film and everybody's just trying to watch the game and getting in, into the excitement of it. And you're like, rewind that. Let's take a look. You know, what's, what's always interesting to me is, uh, you know, once I've had a guest on the podcast, I, I kind of become a fan of that coach and follow them. So I think – Woody, when I first talked to you, you were at Northern Colorado, I believe, uh, special teams coordinator at the time. And, and uh, Buddy, I can't remember the progression for you, if it was uh, Fort Valley State or, or uh, Oklahoma Panhandle, where you were at first when I talked to you. But I know you guys both had a place in the interim. Oh, buddy, where were you when, when we talked the first time? Oh, man. So I was at Oklahoma Panhandle State 
And and I was there for a year, and then I went to Trinity International University in uh, Chicago. And then, then I was at Fort Valley State last year. Now I'm at Western New Mexico now. And then, Woody, you were, and maybe I missed a place in the progression, Northern Colorado and then Hawaii and now at uh, Assumption. That's right. Just uh, Colorado, Hawaii, Northern Colorado, then to Hawaii, and then Assumption. You know, a question about the, the movements along the way, and you guys mentioned, like, you know, first to get to the FBS level, first to become a coordinator, uh, et cetera. So as you guys have have made these moves, and we'll start with um, we'll start with uh, Woody. Um, you you had one place in between where you are now, but um, I guess things that you were able to learn yourself in in this coaching profession, and then pass along to to Buddy as you know he's progressing through it as well. Gosh, that's a really tough question because I mean you got to remember we literally talk every day, you know. I would say it's hard for me to, to remember, you know, the one thing I'll say is maybe recruiting. I was the first one to be full-time and recruit, but that wouldn't necessarily be true because he was at Midwestern State at the time and he was still recruiting at the same time. Um, but I would say, for example, this I think the best example that I can give you of how it, it's it's so intertwined so we both believe in building people first, students second, athletes third, something that's through and through our veins. And I remember we were going to help clean up the tornado after maybe the 2014 season in, in Moore, Oklahoma. I'd flown down to Oklahoma and we went down to help clean up the tornado, uh, one of the really bad tornadoes in Moore. And I'm down there, we're driving in the car, and we're talking about personal growth. And I had this, you know, I had this, what I thought was a great idea of how I was going to build better people. And we're, we're talking about this thing. And Buddy was like, well, what are you doing right now? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, it's summer. You know, we're not doing anything right now. And he's like, don't you think that's the problem? He's like, it, character development is the most oversold but under-delivered part of coaching. And don't you think it's like an issue that you're not doing anything right now? And I remember it was like a punch in the face, like, Oh my gosh, you know, he's got this way more figured out than me, but I took that. And that's when I built, you know, I, I ended up off of that. I built a 12 month character building program, academic building program. And so that way each month I had what they were getting better as a person, as an athlete or as a person, as an, a student and as an athlete. Does that make sense? So that way I systemized it, but, you know, I couldn't have got there without Buddy, and, you know, he wouldn't have said that if I wouldn't have been where I was. So it's like this weird, we're all climbing, we're like both climbing the ladder at the same time. Sometimes he's one rung ahead, sometimes I'm one rung ahead, but, you know, it's, that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, you know, uh, I guess he hit the character thing, I'll hit the football side of it with, uh, you know, he's, we've been in kind of different types of spots at opposite times. You know, when he was in Northern Colorado recruiting, really, I, I started recruiting a ton at OPSU because we had, I mean, Panama State's a rough spot. Coach Gaskamp, when he, he's my head coach there, I mean, he's really been the only coach to actually win there consistently ever. It's impossible to keep kids. So we were having to recruit crazy amounts of human beings every year. And, you know, so it's kind of like recruiting on, on crack, you know, and then compared to, you know, Woody at UNC, they're going to sign 15 kids in a class. You know, like, 
at OPSU, one coach might find 15 kids, you know? So it was different types of recruiting and hearing his side of, you know, really buckling down on five guys, hoping to sign two and really getting to know them, to talk about things with them and know their parents compared to me where I'm like having to, you know, uh, you know, say yes and no to kids quickly off of film and, talk to kids within a few sentences. I know if they're even going to be close to a fit, you know, how to like really quickly, you know, cut ties with kids or build relationships with kids or, you know, decide which way to go is a unique, you know, those are both two unique qualities when it comes to coaching, you know, that depending on the type of program you're in and you really, you're need to know how to do both. You know, right now I'm in a place where kids stay and you're only going to have to sign five, six kids, you know what I mean? From, I guess, the gist I get from our, our staff. And I'm going to sign a massive quantity. And now he's, you know, in a place where he's signing more kids than he ever has. So now we're kind of flip-flopping, you know, skill sets. And because we both talked about each of those skill sets, now we're, you know, more ready than we would have been to handle a, a new recruiting skill set. So, yeah, like he said, it's just one, we're, we're both climbing ladder and it's just one rung, one rung, you know, back and forth. Yeah, that that's a pretty unique thing, and you know, just to, an imagery of of how you guys are climbing the, the ladder and pulling each other up, I think is is so powerful. And you know, we're you seem like guys who are constantly looking at and trying to figure out, okay, where's the next area I need to develop? So, buddy, for you, what is that right now? What things have have you really been working on in terms of your development as a coach? You know, I'm trying to get. I've been studying offense for so long, obviously, but one of the blessings to have an identical twin that, you know, is super, you know, is really built around, you know, consuming new defensive knowledge is, you know, I'm trying to get on the new pages for defense. Cause the reality is the offense, offense made a huge step forward with RPO. And then I will say, actually, they took another step ahead of defense with all the window dressing. Now the, sh- the new like shifts and motions, you know, Matt Canada really had a big influence with everybody like, man, he's doing dressing things up so many ways to run the shovel pass. You know what I mean? The power shovel pass. And, and he's killing people with it, you know. And, you know, I think that really influenced football, just like the RPO did. And then I think defense got stuck, you know. And, you know, they're trying to play quarters, and that's where the RPO came from, just picking that apart. But now the defense is taking steps ahead, even though offenses, I don't think, realize it. I've gotten to see that from – you know, Woody and all the, all his mentors and kind of sitting, and I was fortunate to sit on a few of their meetings, you know, being where I was in Georgia, guys that are really ahead of the curve, they're doing things that I don't see a lot, but I'm starting to see more of. So I'm really starting to gear towards, you know, the new defensive trends and try to, you know, fight them off, if you will. So that's really where I've, I've kind of gone is looking at those new trends, like all the different ways people play match quarters and things like that. And, rematch you know and because things are changing defensively and the old rpos and the window dressings they're not going to be as effective as they used to be especially here in a year or two when they're more widespread <clears throat> yeah i mean that's you always hear coaches say oh well if you get a chance coach on the opposite side of the ball and I, I don't think that we had to because every single day we talk i talk offensive football every day there's not a single day that I don't talk offensive football with my brother. 
And there's not a single day that he doesn't talk defensive football with me. So it's this constant, constant clinic that's going on. Like, imagine if you could clinic with a coach on the other side of the ball every single day. I mean, that's really what we've been – that's what we've been doing for a decade now. The the thing that's interesting to me, and it, certainly you guys have it a lot easier because, I mean, you, you've you've grown up together. You know – intimately how the other one thinks about the game because it's been part of the daily conversation but you know and I can't remember what what coach I talked to here in the last week but you know he had made a point like you know you want to continue growing in this profession you got to find somebody you know outside of your conference outside of the maybe even region you coach in that sees things a little bit differently maybe has different things happening and you know constantly be able to you know, form that relationship where you can go back and, and forth. And, you know, w- whether it's a guy on the same side of the ball, opposite side of the ball, the point being, you know, having that kind of a network where I don't think it, you guys have probably the most unique net- network in each other that nobody can match, but to have a network that allows you to be able to do essentially what you guys do every single day. Thoughts on that, Woody? Well, I couldn't agree more. And I think that whoever you were talking to makes a really good point that you have to get outside of people that think the same way that you do. And that's the blessing of having, you know, a twin that's on the opposite side of the ball is that buddy will connect me with offensive coordinators and offensive coaches who think opposite of him. And I'll connect him with defensive coaches who think opposite of me. I have a good friend and two good friends at, at Mercer university, Joel Taylor and Mike Adams. And buddy would, buddy would go clinic with them but he had that connection through me and, uh, you know, vice versa for me. So it's, it's super interesting that it almost, I don't, I don't know if I would say it doubles our network. I mean, maybe it does, but it allows us to plug in to coaches that are totally opposite of us on opposite sides of the ball. Yeah, buddy, anything additional on that from you? Yeah, I mean, he's right. I mean, it really just doubles our network. And, you know, like, I mean, I... Like, you kind of hate to admit it when you're a twin, but, like, we're, like, we're the same. You know, we're different, but we're the same. And then, as much as it kind of hurts, uh, you want to be your own individual, like, once you just kind of accept it, it is what it is. But, you know, when we meet each other's connections, like, all he'll do is send a text, hey, you know, my brother wants to come by, you know. You'll know, I mean, you obviously know him when you see him. <laughs> and then we we meet that that mutual connection that I don't know, but Woody knows, and then they realize we're like so similar. It's, you know, to them, it's comforting. You know, they don't really feel like they're getting to know someone all that much new, you know? So it really doubles our, our network. And, you know, so I, I would, uh, I would agree with them. You know, any connection I make becomes his connection immediately, really. All I have to do is ask and vice versa. Yeah. So buddy to, uh, I guess to wrap things up here, you know, as as you step back, and you guys certainly as, as twins, there's that special connection, but you step back and you look at what Woody's been able to do in his career and, you know, the direction you know he's going, what makes you most proud of him? I really love his 12-month plan that he's made. Obviously, he's a great technician and knows his, his scheme well. You know, and really, like, he's really taken a lot of steps ahead of me, you know, that that have allowed me to kind of catch up, but I had to learn from him, you know, with the intricacies of the, of the defensive line and really the offensive line at one point, really. But his, his 12 month, you know, character building plan, like, man, like 
you know, part of, you know, being at the NAI schools I've been at and then the, the lower funded D2 schools I've been at, you know, they're not as organized and very much help. So I don't really think about, I don't really have the structure to enact as, you know, significant of a plan, but, you know, that, that thing is so detailed and so well thought out. I've tried to, I've mirrored like sections of it at times I could, you know, but I'm like a little envious of that plan. I, I thought that was, that thing was freaking awesome, you know, so that I've, I've been really proud of him with that. Woody, for you, what's, what's made you most proud of Buddy? Oh man, um, I don't know, really know where to begin. Buddy has a way with words where he can, he could say it very efficiently, but and he has this way about him that he he makes like a really huge impact. And he's he's everywhere he goes, his stuff works. You know, he set he set the NAI record for you know passing yards in the game and passing touchdowns in the game. And you know, he set records. He was up for you know coordinator of the year last year. And he's you know he's never taken uh, control of somewhere that's been a successful team. And wherever he goes, his offense. And his players not only love him, but they all succeed. I'm super proud that, and hopefully I can be able to learn from him to do that myself. I think about it almost every single day. Like, I, I don't know any, any other coach that makes chicken soup out of chickens well as he does, and he's winning chicken soup contests. It just blows me away every day. So, I'm like, it's funny. Like, now we're at that heating. I'm trying to be as good as he is at being a coordinator, and, and it's because I'm proud of him. Well, I'll tell you both, you know, the, the lift while you climb idea and philosophy certainly came through in this conversation. I'm excited to see, you know, what you guys do here in the interim be, between now and maybe the time we talk again. But it was great being to sit down with both of you and have this conversation. It's definitely a unique one, and I think one that our listeners will get a lot out of. So, uh, Woody, uh, again, thank you. And, and just real quick, so uh, our listeners can have it. Number one, areas that you recruit and your Twitter handle where they could get a hold of you. So we're still uh, working out our recruiting areas at Assumption College because we've had three coaches turn over within the last month. Um, but I should be in New York, definitely Westchester area. But I also recruit you know, my typical areas in the Midwest just as a, as a side recruiting. But I should be up there in, in southern New York um, for now. And your handle on Twitter? And my handle on Twitter is at Coach Woody, the number two. So at Coach Woody, two. And, buddy, for you, the areas you recruit and your Twitter handle? I believe I'm going to be recruiting uh, both Phoenix and maybe parts of Tucson or vice versa. We're still figuring that out. You know, being the last OC here was the recruiting coordinator, so we're trying to figure out where I fit, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, that's really our two main areas anyways. So we're we're all gonna have pieces of Tucson and Phoenix, and then the the California Junior Colleges. And your Twitter handle? And then my uh, my Twitter handle is Coach B underscore Blevins five. Guys, I I, I want to thank you again for taking the time and joining me together, and for both of you, best of luck as you guys continue to climb. Well, thank you for having us. Awesome, thank you. Coaches, again, want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model. Please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. 
Uh, check it out, all of our, our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com. Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.